on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network. From Learfield, welcome to Marquette Thursdays, live from Motorsports Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Brought to you by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Aurora Healthcare, helping you to live fully, Pepsi, and Trust, Wisconsin's Bank, the official bank of Marquette. Now, here is your host, Jen Lada. What crowd we have there this evening at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. Hanging out with head coach Shaka Smart as we talk about a very interesting week for the Marquette Golden Eagles. A bit of an emotional pendulum swing from Saturday to Wednesday as Marquette fell to top-seeded UConn 81-53 over the weekend and then responded with a Big East program record win over DePaul last night. 105 to 71 obviously a hell of a response from the golden eagles so coach i'm giving you your choice you want to start with the yukon game and then go to the DePaul game or you want to go to the DePaul game and then address the yukon game doesn't matter to me we could have flipped a coin let's start with the yukon game get it out of the way the team obviously had played six of its last eight games on the road you have said in the past that you can tell in pregame the vibe of your team were there signs that it was going to be a long afternoon early on well, I think that uh, there's a, obviously a heightened level of respect for UConn. And that's always a fine line, you know, between uh, respecting or over-respecting the opponent. Uh, the venue was, was off the chain. I mean, the folks in there, they definitely lead the, the conference in, in curse words per, per uh, capita. Uh, and uh, they, they, were, they were into it. I mean, uh, I, you know, one thing that, you know, I always try to get our guys to understand is, you know, other teams are very motivated to beat us. And uh, the last time before this game that UConn and Marquette played, uh, we beat them in the garden. And, uh, you know, they, they felt certainly some kind of way about that, just like we would have if we were on the flip side of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think our guys, I know our guys are super excited about the game. Uh, but it, it's one of those games that, you know, for whatever reason or for a variety of reasons, uh, you know, we started the game okay. It was 18 to 18, mm -hmm. you know, a quarter of the way into the game, but it still didn't really feel um, like the best us. Uh, and then the second half of the first half, uh, they really, really got it going. Mostly determined by rebounding. Uh, Donovan Klingon was was a monster on the glass, and as well as with some of their other guys, and that really allowed them to take a big lead. And if I remember correctly, you guys started out the game pretty well rebounding-wise. I think you we were out-rebounding them. I think yeah. Hurley got on their butts a little bit there, and then it was like they responded and your guys didn't. So when you talk about the beginning of a game and you talk about the way that that thing is shaking out, is there a way to stop the bleeding? Is there a way that you look at it and go, okay, they just went on a big run, and then they went on another big run? Because you have said do what we do better before we change things. Are you sounding the alarm at any point early in that game? Well, there's no alarm, Jen. I mean, it's, you're playing basketball, so it's not like you all of a sudden switch from basketball to football sure. or something else. You just got to play better. You got to do that. Like, there's two things you're trying to do in basketball. You're trying to score points for Marquette, and you're trying to keep the other team from scoring points. So uh, it's not so much about sounding an alarm. It's about getting better and finding a way to do that. Is it personal changes? Is it a different scheme? Is it calling different plays? Uh, is it different points of emphasis? Uh, you mentioned their coach telling their players to rebound better 
Um, you know, he's a great coach. Give him all the credit in the world. But, you know, this game is determined by the guys on the floor. And it's amazing, uh, you know, when you watch these games and other teams play from a scouting standpoint, what the announcers say about the coaches in terms of determining the outcome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll laugh because I know what happens over the course of the real game. Uh, but, you know, they, they played really well. They had some plays that certainly got, went, went their way. When you add some of those up, uh, it, it led to some of their runs. You know, I told our guys, if you take the first 10 minutes of the first half, first 10 minutes of the second half, you got them together, we won those 20 minutes. But that's not how basketball works. It's a 40-minute game. And they definitely went on big runs in the latter part of both halves. I saw you on with uh, Scott Van Pelt the other night. You were a guest on his show, and you said you can take way more out of losing than you can out of winning. So silver lining this thing for me, what were you able to take out of that loss to UConn? Well, again, just a reminder of certain things we need to do better. Uh, there's a you know, long list of things on the defensive end that we didn't do well enough against UConn. Defeat screens, help each other, fly around, get our hands on the basketball, guard the pick and roll, rebound. Uh, sprint back and get matched up, communicate. I could keep going. Um, and these are all things that are foundational to us, really have nothing to do with UConn or DePaul or Xavier or whoever we're playing. Um, and so sometimes when you lose a game, we had one eight in a row. So uh, sometimes you need a little bit of a reminder uh, because of human nature. And, you know, lo and behold, it was UConn that got a reminder a game later, you know, when they went to Creighton. Mm-hmm. But. Creighton deserves a lot of credit for that, too. You know, um, there's good teams in this league, particularly at the very, very top, uh, you know, top top three or so teams. So um, you better be at your best if you want to beat them, particularly at their place. You said after the game you did not like how your team guarded their movement on offense. I'm sure one of the things that you're saying you would like to improve on going forward. And yet you also added it can be tough to simulate that. So how do you create a situation where your guys can – have, you know, I don't know if it's guys in the gym who are running a similar offense and then you guys are reacting to that speed and movement. How do you simulate that before yeah. you play UConn again? We simulate it in different ways. We, we like everyone else, we have a scout team, mm-hmm. which is mostly made up of uh, walk-ons and, and Caden Hamilton is red-shirted. Um, but, you know, regardless of who you're playing, that, that scout team can't simulate exactly what the other team does if the other team has literally multiple guys that are going to play in the NBA. We also will break down sometimes some of the things they do into two or three man actions or drills um, so that we can specifically try to simulate that cut or that screen or that combination of, of uh, scoring actions for them. But, you know, for, for me, it's more about us being at our best. Uh, we definitely need to train it in practice. We work at training it in practice. Um, but it's most important. It doesn't matter what you do in practice if when that – ball goes up in the air you know for real in the game if you're not in in the absolute best most connected frame of mind to go be even better than you were in practice after the game you were talking to tony and homer and you said this one will sting for a while does it still sting and how do you work through especially with a game like last night that was so great where your team did so well and tyler setting a record and whatnot every loss stings Every loss, uh, every loss I've ever taken in my life as a player or a coach, I can, I can literally rattle them all off for you going back to high school. So it never doesn't stick. And one of the things that's hard about being a coach is the intensity of the loss a lot of times is it can be greater than the intensity of, of the win. 
although I love winning. Um, so, yeah, there's no time where that really ends. I think what does occur over time, and this is something we work really hard on with our guys, is you get to a place of acceptance that the result's not going to change. And that doesn't mean that you're happy about it. That doesn't mean that, you know, you want it to happen again or you're okay. But um, I think once you have an acceptance that the last result's not going to change, then the predicament becomes workable moving forward and you can focus on what's next. You mentioned the Creighton game. Obviously, we all watched Creighton beat UConn. The final score of that one, 69-46. You always emphasize we have to be us. You cannot try to be another team. But can you take something away from seeing a team like Creighton get the best of UConn when you know you've got a matchup with UConn on the horizon? Maybe when we get to that game. I mean, right now I'm focused on Xavier. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, we play Creighton again before UConn. So if we're going to take anything out of that game, it would be learning about Creighton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we watch games in scouting. We watch, you know, their last several games, and we'll see – what a team did to be effective on the offensive end or the defensive end against that team that we're about to play. Um, but those are two out of the three best teams in our league playing right there. That was a high-level game, even though, you know, one team really got the better of the other. Um, you know, like our last game against UConn, one team got the better of the other. Um, you know, this time of year, if you're going to go on the road, I mean, it's, it's got to be an unbelievably inspired effort. Uh, because both teams are going to have so much to play for. What was the theme of the UConn game? Don't remember. I'd have to look back. I have it in my phone. Um, mm, can't share that one with you, Jen. But I can tell you about DePaul theme was starring role. And we will get to the DePaul game as we continue here, just wrapping up on the UConn game and what you guys are learning from it. Now you go home, and you have four out of five games at home. Totally different vibe when you have the Pfizer Forum, uh, Forum crowd behind you. How do you lean into that now? How do you recognize like, how that can motivate you and guys push you guys to success? Well, I think just focusing on being our best. Uh, we got Jop here tonight. Uh, Welcome to the, to the restaurant, Jop. It's great to have you. Um, so I think it's, it's for Jop and all of his teammates uh, starting in practice. And this is why we made the theme what we did uh, for the DePaul game. Playing the starring role and all the things that are under our control. And then one thing about Marquette fans, they're going to be loud and proud and they're going to be incredibly supportive. Um, but then even more specifically, Marquette fans appreciate the things that go into winning. The Marquette fans appreciate energy. Marquette fans appreciate deflections. Marquette fans appreciate a great pass by Tyler Kolick, which he, um, he, he put on a show for us last night. Uh, uh, an unbelievable shooting performance by Cam Jones. Marquette fans appreciate that stuff. So... All we have to do really is the things that go into winning, and then our, our fans, our students, our alums, everyone in the building uh, will react accordingly, and, and, and they'll be loud. All right, Coach, we appreciate you talking about that game. I know it's not easy to reflect on a loss, especially when you've had such a big victory in between then and now. So we will take a break here on Marquette Thursdays with Shaka Smart. We will get to that DePaul game, reflect on that, and then some of the things that are going on with your program in the next week or so right after this on Marquette Thursdays. Before we do that, guys, enjoy an artfully stylish experience at St. Kate the Arts Hotel. 
with deluxe accommodations, culinary creativity, on-site art galleries, and nightly live music, you'll enjoy every element of your stay at St. Kate. Learn more at stkatearts.com. That's stkatearts.com. Back with the head coach right after this. Back here on Marquette Thursdays with head coach Shaka Smart. We are here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. And don't forget, next time on February 29th, we will also be out here. We'll continue to tell you about that one as the show goes on. Remember, don't wreck a great time at the game. The Marquette Golden Eagles remind you to drive sober or get pulled over. Visit ZeroInWisconsin.gov to learn more. Zero in Wisconsin. Together we can save lives. Wisconsin DOT. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but a huge win for the Marquette Golden Eagles last night against DePaul. Now, admittedly, Coach, DePaul is not a great team this year. I know every team in the Big East is tough to play, and you never know how hungry a team will be coming into your place but how did you approach that game you told us that the theme of it was starring role yeah which is a theme that we use in general with in recruiting and with our guys and the context is we don't have magic pixie dust that we can sprinkle on guys to help them become successful or make it to the nba or win a championship if we did we would do that with every player and every team uh, instead, we need each and every one of us to play the starring role in our own growth and success. And I think that's one of the best things about college is you come in as a young person, um, maybe not fully understanding the accountability that you have to take for your own success. Uh, but hopefully if you go through a program like ours, by the time you leave, you understand that's the only way, and that's the only way I would want it as a person, is to play the starring role in my own growth and my own success. So that's something that we talk about starting during the recruiting process and all four years of someone's career. But we decided, I decided to make that the specific theme for the DePaul game coming off the UConn game um, because I felt like there was some low-hanging fruit in the UConn game that we did not take ownership, taking the starring role in that's under our control and um, starting with EGBs and the way that we impacted each other um, in practice on let's see it was Tuesday uh, I gave each guy an EGB specific one and then there was one other player on the team that had the same one and then after practice the team was going to say hey who did that better who, who did a better job of floor slaps, even though the rest of the guys didn't know who had what. They had to figure it out. And so it was just a way to kind of put that back at the front of the guy's mind, and guys had some fun with it, and they were awesome. That's a really interesting exercise. Uh, the deflections in this game were off the charts. I believe the number I have here is 56. That is a high under you as head coach. What do you take away from that performance? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I think it is a high for us since I've been here at Marquette, uh, maybe ever. I mean, that's, that's a lot of deflections. Stevie Mitchell uh, led the way with 13, which is phenomenal. He had a deflection. Uh, his deflection interval was under two minutes, which is phenomenal. What does that mean? That means he got a deflection, more than a deflection every two minutes, which is ridiculous. Our standard is 6.25. So, in other words, if you play five guys, or you play however many guys over the course of 40 minutes, that's 200 minutes. If everyone has a deflection interval of 6.25 minutes, so in other words, they get one every 6.25 minutes, we'll get exactly 32, mm -hmm. which is our goal. Stevie's 
last night was one point something. Uh, phenomenal. 13 deflections. Chase Ross had 10 deflections. Uh, and so those guys really led the way. Uh, a lot of our guys did a phenomenal job getting their hands on the basketball and creating some havoc for the pole. We continue to make a case for Stevie Mitchell to be a defensive player of the year candidate. What do you think it will take to get a little more national recognition for what he's doing for this team on a nightly basis? Well, maybe Scott Kuykendall stepping forward. Um, <laughs> you know, I think his, his level of urgency to uh, make sure that he's, he's uh, communicating with the talking heads out there. Because a lot of this stuff, especially defensive player of the year, it's stuff that, you know, one person will say it and then another, and then it kind of... Snowballs? Catches. Yeah, it snowballs. Um, Stevie's a guy, it's interesting, you know, blocks and rebounds and steals are kind of thought of as de de defensive stats. Because the NCAA does not keep deflections, that's not something that maybe is on people's minds as much. Um, but most teams, I would say, keep track of deflections. We're not the only ones that keep track. We make a big deal about it in arena and with our fans, and we have our deflection champion, and we really try to reward those guys. But most teams um, keep track of it. And if that was a stat that was more out there, you know, media-wise, I think that would really, really help Stevie. So maybe, I'm not trying to do Scott's job, but maybe we should do something where, um, you know, we're promoting that with media members beyond our local media uh, of just how many games we play in where Stevie has more deflections than anyone on our team or anyone on the other team and maybe even what the result is when he gets those deflections. If you remember the end of the half last night, we went to zone, they were holding the ball for one shot, and they kind of got a little confused, and they they were holding the ball, and so all of a sudden the guy looked to his right, and he was a little tentative, and then he threw it. Stevie anticipated. He ran through the pass, got his hand on the pass, went down the other way, and dunked the ball, which is another stat we keep track of. We love dunks. Um, and that was obviously a big play for us to end the half. I feel like Chase Ross had a boatload of dunks in last night's game. We'll get to him as we continue talking here with Shaka Smart. We cannot go any further without talking about Tyler Kolick. It feels like we talk about him all the time, but he continues to raise the bar. 18 assists against DePaul in just 26 minutes and 42 seconds. And then I saw this stat that was being floated out there by a number of media outlets. No other Division I player in the last 25 years has had 18 or more assists in under 27 minutes against a Division I opponent. How does he keep evolving his game? How does he keep getting better? Well, first of all, I hope Tyler saw that stat because he, the thing about under 27 minutes, because he, he's so crazy. He's, he, like, wanted me to keep him in to get 20 and 22 and 25. And it's like... So nobody could catch him. At some point, you know, you, you, you have to kind of use common sense and, um, you know, let the other guys go in the game and play when it's a 40-point lead or a 45-point lead. Um, you know, Oso was close to a triple-double. He played 27 minutes. I'm sure if he played 35, he, you know, he would have you know, maybe had a chance to do that. Uh, those guys, between those two, Stevie's deflections, Cam Jones shooting, uh, there was a lot of tr tremendous individual performances. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm a big believer, and maybe I'm just old school. You, you get to that point in the game, you don't run up the score by leaving your best players in the game. And, you know, you give your young guys a chance to go in there and get good reps and grow and learn and get better. Uh, but he was phenomenal. Uh, I, I thought the way he passed the ball was terrific. 
Uh, at one point, I got mad at him for not shooting because he definitely had a passing mindset. But <laughs> Very uh, early in the game. It was obvious. He yeah, had a passing it, mindset. It, it was obvious. Um, and here's the thing for a little bit of inside basketball for, for people listening. He knew that this was the game where he could get a lot of assists because I know he watches tape because we watch tape together. <laughs> and some teams that we play, they're just not going to allow him to get that many assists because when he has the ball and he drives, they're going to go home to Jop, they're going to go home to Cam, um, and they're not going to let you kick out for shots the way that he did last night. So um, I don't know that Tyler kind of started the game like, hey, I'm going to break this record, but I, I think he knew, hey, this is a game where I can really spread the ball around for my team, get other guys involved. And, and get a high number of assists. There's a great picture out there of somebody on the social media team for Marquette who is kind of putting together the graphic. Doesn't have a final number on it yet, but it was early in the game because you guys had gotten a sense that this was something that could happen. I want to break it down a little further when we talk about Tyler Kolick because if you go assist by assist, and he had 18 in last night's game, obviously, some of them are extraordinary. Like, I don't know if everybody who's watching in the moment, it's only when you slow it down and can watch yeah. them clip by clip, the placement of the ball, putting it where guys need it to be for their shot, like all of that stuff is elite, elite point guard stuff. And and or do they even think people are appreciating just the nuance of how good he is at what he does? Well, it's like appreciating the sunset. You know, you can't really put it into words, but you see you see it and you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool right there. <laughs> um, and that's Tyler's passing. Uh, and I know that sounds like hyperbole, but I, we, we watch it every day in practice. And, you know, I think one of our other players mentioned he passes the ball in practice. He'll do some even, like, crazier things, off-the-wall things, and we'll just kind of scratch our heads sometimes about how special it is. Actually, to your point, what would have been his 19th assist was pretty cool. He threw the ball between his legs, <laughs> like backwards, like, like a hike almost in football. Uh, to Cam, but that was one of the few shots that Cam missed. And then at that point, it was like, all right, get those guys out of <laughs> okay, there. Yeah. We got to sub them out. The other reason that you sub is, I mean, heaven forbid, you, 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 the last thing you want to do is have a guy in the game when you're up 40, and then he turns his ankle and he's out for the next you know, game or two or three. That really wouldn't make a lot of sense. But um, he was phenomenal. And Oso's passing was tremendous as well. I mean, Tyler's the best passer I've ever coached. But Oso is the best passing big man I've ever coached. Uh, probably the best passer over 6'4 that I've ever coached. So um, it's pretty special what he's doing as well. And when you take two guys and they've got 25 between them, that's going to be a good offensive night. You mentioned a few moments ago the value of having some of those young guys in there. So let's talk about that experience because they might not get an opportunity to get that type of quality minutes against a Big East opponent. Why was it important, again, for them to get that big stage, home court experience last night? Well, I'll give you some more inside uh, Marquette basketball. Um, and this is inside any Division One program, particularly a program at this level, the Big East and a team that is fighting to be at or near the top of the Big East. It's hard for freshmen. It is a absolute minefield mentally to get through that freshman season because it is such a jump from where they were this time last yeah. year. 
And I would say the majority, we've played 26 games. I don't want to speak for those guys. I know we already had Trey on the show. Al, had a, we had him on the show. Hopefully we get Zaydan before we're done. The majority of our 26 games, when a game is over, and I can relate to this when I, for when I was a freshman, those guys are down. They're down. Now they're happy we won if we won, and we won 20 out of 26. But when the game is over, it's, man, I want to play better, and I want to play more. I'm just being honest. And that's 90-some percent of freshmen in Division I basketball, particularly, again, at this level, high, high level. Um, so any, anytime there's a game like that, you can get those guys in for an extended minutes, and then they can have some success. Trey Norman had three terrific drives. Um, that's huge for, for our program and for those guys in the future. What was the mindset in the second half? What do you tell your guys when a game is well in hand, there's talk of, oh, you got to keep your foot on their throat, things like that. What do you tell your guys? It's a great question, and you're really fighting human nature. And so I was just trying to ask the guys to do two things, um, and that was to maintain our defensive focus on deflections and kills. And we almost got our kill goal. We were at seven kills and in the kill zone for the eighth, and they scored. So we didn't get it. Uh, I think if we'd have kept our starters in longer, we would have gotten it. Um, and then the second thing I asked those guys to do in a game like that is to keep sharing the ball. Because there's a tendency when the scoreboard is lopsided to feel like, okay, we're going to win so I can take whatever shot. Our guys are so disciplined and so unselfish in, in a regular game where it's like, you know, 61 to, six to 59 about getting a great shot from Marquette. But now when it's, you know, 61 to 31, the normal human tendency is, okay, we got a little bit of a cushion there. I can, I can take this one. I can take that one. And I thought for the most part they did a nice job of that. Maybe down the last six, eight minutes there was a couple that, uh, you know, guys took that they wouldn't normally take. But human nature, I thought they did a great job battling that. All right, he's Shaka Smart. We'll take a break here on Marquette Thursdays. I think David Joplin is still out there shaking hands and taking pictures. We'll get him in the hot seat, on the hot seat, right after this on Marquette Thursdays. But before we do, guys, Marquette fans, Buffalo Wild Wings is the official viewing party location for Marquette Road Game this season. Check out the Golden Eagles watch party schedule at gomarquette.com forward slash BWW. The next watch party is March 2nd at the West Alice Buffalo Wild Wings. Marquette takes on Creighton at 1.30 p.m. Tonight's Marquette Player Interview is brought to you by Wintrust, Wisconsin's bank, the official banking partner of Marquette University and home to Marquette Checking with free ATMs nationwide. Joplin with it outside the arc. Joplin, now he'll try a three. Holla at your boy. That was tough. One more time. Yeah. Holla at your boy. That's All right, well, usually we hear a little highlight reel there for our players. David Joplin hanging out with his YouTube. Holla again. Holla at your boy. Holla at him again. Marquette by four. Holla in the corner. Holla at your boy. Open the dream. Holla at your boy. 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 There you have assist. Drop on a dunk. What's going on with Jop? Must be in the jail. 
There's that highlight reel that you deserve. Is it fun hearing the compilation of highlights that you've had in your time at Marquette? Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Do you have the biggest cheering section of anybody that we've ever had here as a guest at Marquette Thursday? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That whole section of the room showed they support is all of your family obviously you're a local kid grew up in the area what does it mean to you to wear the blue and gold of marquette um, i mean it's everything for the for the reasons you just mentioned having all my family here friends here you know the people i love get to see me come play and it's easy for them to get there so um, my parents have missed the game we listen they continue on doing stuff. Yeah, I heard about that. So they haven't missed a game. They, they film them as well. Like, where did that start? And then at what point were they like, oh, no, we've got this streak going. We can't mess it up now. I mean, it started from when I was younger. Um, my parents, my dad's been there probably every single, both of them probably been there every single game I've played. So uh, he always liked to record the game or either watch them just to, you know, either, you know, watch tape or just to, you know, admire them. I kind of want to go home and think about all the stuff we used to do. And some of the guys that come over and watch the games too. So I'm glad you did it. I have to ask your mom and dad if there was ever a time where, like, it got dicey, where you were like, you had something going on. And look, she's back there nodding. Of course. Of course, all the time. Priority, you make it happen type of stuff. Yeah, look at mom nodding back there. It's so great yeah. to have them here with us tonight. Okay, so this team is one of the best Marquette teams that I've ever seen compiled. And the things that you guys are doing and the connectivity that you guys have, it's really inspiring. And I know that a lot of people are so excited about what's in front of this team. But there have been some tough moments, including the UConn game. Take me inside that locker room after the game. What was the mindset of this team as you guys just got absolutely... D destroyed by UConn. Well, we knew it wasn't our best game. We knew playing a team of that caliber at their house, we probably have to play our best game to win, and we didn't do so. But it's nothing you know, hang our head around. So our mindset was just back to work. We've got a game coming up. Try to get back on track and you know, keep the thing going. So um, just you know, try to get our, our heads back straight, mental fatigue, things like that. Get ready for the next game. And I think we did a good job of doing so. Absolutely a huge bounce back game against DePaul. But give me your top three things that you came out of that game saying, I want to be better here. I've got to be better here. Number one was telling telling my teammates what I needed from them and that, uh, let, having them tell them, tell me what they needed from me. So like a communication? Yeah, just communication. But more so not just, you know, you know, like a ball screen communication or stuff like that. Just more so just, you know, I hear... Um, I need you to do this better. I need you to be there. Um, just play harder, things of that nature. But we knew we have championship goals, and we got to build a championship happens to get there. So I think telling each other what we need from each other is going to be a big part of that. Let's talk about last night's game. It was absolutely incredible to watch Marquette have success like that. Again, recognizing that DePaul's not having its best season. They're kind of falling on tough times right now. So how do you reconcile how that game is going? Because on one hand, you guys look like world beaters. On the other hand, you recognize that the competition isn't the Yukons, isn't the Creighton. So how do you walk away from that? What can you take away from a victory like that? Um, I feel like, like Coach always said, we don't control our schedule. So um, the next team, whoever it was, our minds had to pay. And our goal was to whoever was next had to on pay. the schedule. Had to pay. Had to pay. Whoever was next on our schedule, we had to take all our anger and frustrations out on that team and you know come together and play together as one. And I think we really did a good job of that. Uh, Tyler Kolick, we talked about his 18 assists, and that obviously sets a record. What is it like playing with a guy like him? Uh, I was watching some of his assists, and it's like, 
the precision with which he delivers the ball exactly where a guy needs it to make that shot. Because the game goes so fast. You've got yeah. split seconds before a defender is going to be up on you. What is it like having a talent like that on your team? Um, I mean, it's the best, especially for me. Being the scorer, he's always looking for me, so we build a great relationship with each other to where, you know, he knows where I'm going to be, turn the wing, corner, you know, anywhere, and, you know, just building that mojo. But um, playing with a guy like him is amazing. He's probably the best team I've ever had in my career, and I really appreciate him. And, I mean, like you said, he knows how to drop it on the dime. But I feel like for him, the game is very slow for him. He probably knows what's going to happen before it happens, so it just comes with, you know, being a really good player. I heard Coach say the other night he's got eyes in the back of his head, and still, and your game continues to evolve as well. What are you most proud of about the game you put together this year? Um, defensively, for me, it's definitely where I'm uh, proud of it myself. I think I've been doing a great job defensively, uh, especially compared to previous years. And, you know, that's the biggest thing my team has told me that they needed from me. So that was my goal this whole year, to be a great defender. Okay, so right before you came here tonight for Marquette Thursdays at Motor Bar and Restaurant, Coach said you guys went on a little field trip. Where did you go and what did you do? We did a game show, uh, a game show game against each other. We split the teams into two. Unfortunately, my team lost, but... Wait, who was on your team? My team, it was also Coach Dre... Uh, who else? CB, Jonah, um, <laughs> Mark, uh, Devin, a lot of guys on our team. So, um, yeah, we didn't come out on top. We ended up tying, and then the, to beat the tiebreaker, we played like some game of like chance. So, we, they can have the win. They can have it. They can have it. I thought you guys were competitive in everything. Competitive in everything for sure, but I mean, the games that we could control, we tied it up in, and then we had to drop. Like, what is it, a little ping-pong ball? And it's like, nah, I can't control that. That's chance. I don't want to lose the chance. I want to beat them. But, you know, they were excited. So they can have their win. Good for them. So it was a game show battle room. It was yes. a field trip for you guys. Why are those types of things in season important? Um, I mean, I think it's just to take a break, you know. Just doing what we do um, is very unique. And it's very difficult. And I think that they do a great job of helping us, you know, unrest and do something fun. So um, I enjoyed it. I had fun. And like you said, like we talked about earlier, relationships is the biggest part of this team. So whatever we're doing, as long as we're doing it together, we'll enjoy it. Yeah, any chance to enhance those, to strengthen those, obviously will pay dividends on the court as well. Coach told me I need to ask you about your dunks this year. said early in your career, in your first few seasons, you didn't have that many dunks. And now all of a sudden, you're high flying. What's that all about? Um, just continuing to work hard. Um, every year, they talk to me about the first year they talked about me, talked to me about having zero dunks, and then Chase came along, Al came along, and these freshmen fly. are coming they along. Fly. They can fly. They're coming along, and they get more dunks than me. So um, I'm gonna catch up to them now. That's my goal. But um, you know, it's been it's been great. You've stepped into a more leadership role on this team. How have you embraced that? Is that normal for you? Is that comfortable for you? Do you like being a guy that you know can tell other guys what you need from them? Um, I think it all comes a part of you know just getting older getting more used to, you know, like you said, leading. Um, they look up to me now. I'm, I'm one of the oldest on the team. And so I think that just, you know, try to lead by example and show them, you know, how I did it, how I got here. They can do the same. They can do better. Um, it's exciting to me, honestly. And I enjoy, you know, having uh, guys come in, freshmen come in, and my little brothers, I get to take them through, you know, what I did 
workouts that I went through, uh, just giving them advice on how to get through it. Is it tough when you're winning a game by as much as you were last night to keep your focus? Do you find your mind kind of wandering and wondering about things because it feels like the game is in hand? Right. Human nature wants your mind to fly around, but um, I think the coaches and everyone just does a great job of trying to keep our focus on the game. And we still got a game to play. It's the Big East, it's high level college basketball, anything can happen. So just make sure that, you know, step on their throats, like Coach says. All right. Last thing I have for you I have this list of fun facts about you, Jop. We all oh, wow. know your nickname is Jop. Your favorite candy is Twix. Your dream car is the Batmobile. Yes. And right. it says that you can sing. I can indeed. What is singer. your go-to song? If you're karaoke, Ooh. if you're karaoke in front of a bunch of your teammates, what's your go-to song? Ooh. Well, first I want to point out um, there are some haters. Um, Naturally. My dad, <laughs> well, big oh, hater. Oh, okay. Big hater. Dad so says you can't sing. Says I can't sing. Look, you, you can see him shaking his head. He's I see him over there shaking his big old head. head. Yeah. That's all he can do is just shake his head. <laughs> my mom, on the other hand, is very supportive of my singing. Okay. Yes. And I don't know. My sister is iffy. She's half and half. Wait, show of hands back there on the table of the uh, Joplin family. Who thinks he can sing? Show of hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a lot. Yeah. I see two. I told you. Haters. <laughs> haters. But they don't, know any, they don't know any better. That's all they do. Okay. So your go-to song then? My go-to song to sing. Mm. I don't know if our crowd knows anything about Charlie Wilson. I think I'm going to go with My Love Is All I Have by Charlie Wilson. My dad knows what that is. Yeah, he, he doesn't think you is. can sing it. Nah, nah. Well, one of these days, we're going to have to get you in a booth. I'll do it. Get you crooning. Yeah, I'd love him, to hear it. Once I'm done hooping, I'm going to turn into an artist. <laughs> oh, sure. okay. I'm going to do artists. Why wait? You got buddies on the team who are doing You're a right. podcast I just, now. I'm not very good at multitasking, you know. Uh, all your focus I got to focus on one thing all right, to play enough. basketball. You go out there, you win the NCAA yeah. tournament, and then we'll get you in a recording yep. studio. Do a little bit of recording, a little bit of broadcasting, <laughs> all types of stuff. But right now, I got a hoop. He's David Joplin. We are so thankful that he would hang out with us this evening at Motor Bar Restaurant. Let's give him a big round of applause, everybody. We're rooting for you, buddy. Thank you. All right. We roll on here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. Tickets are available for only one of Marquette's three remaining home games next Wednesday versus Providence at 6 p.m. Marquette will not play any postseason games at Pfizer Forum, so don't miss your chance to see the number seven Golden Eagles in action. Secure your seat today. Go to Marquette.com backslash tickets to get those tickets. We'll be right back after this. Back here on Marquette Thursdays for Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. We will be back next week. We are just on a clip here of every single week at Motor Bar and Restaurant. Where is Shaka? Oh, he's making his way back through the crowd. Because, Coach, I want to talk about this Shaka shuttle that you've been doing. It is all the rage on social media. It's you carting students, I guess, from class or from their dorms to class. How did this get started and why are you doing it? First of all, I've got to give Danielle Josetti uh, from, Love Danielle. from Marquette Athletics, uh, who wears like 17 hats for our athletic department, one of them being marketing. Um, she deserves all the credit for coming up with the idea. We were having a meeting uh, about you know, the marketing and promotion of our games going into the season. So this was like late October, early November, and she said, I have an idea. I don't know if you'll like it. 
you know, don't shoot the messenger if, if, if you don't. And so um, it kind of came up with, with the idea, and um, I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. So this was before we played our first two games. The first two games of the year were, um, you know, against kind of mid-major opponents at home. And those a lot of times are games where you, you, you want to make people aware on campus that basketball season is here. We need you at the games. Uh, we need you to, to be loud and, 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 and uh, supporting our guys. And it was a lot of fun, first of all, for me. I really enjoyed, you know, just meeting people and learning about their stories. And basically what happens is there's a camera, a microphone, and then we just have a conversation. And I ask you know, the young man or the young woman, or a couple of times we picked up a couple of people at once, um, you know, where they're from and their background, how they enjoy Marquette, what they're studying, what they love most about Marquette, ask them about their Marquette basketball experiences. Um, and there was a lot of things that came out of it. You know, for instance, there was a girl, Felicity, that we met the first time around that uh, was just the nicest spirit there was. And she, I asked her who her favorite player was. She said Stevie Mitchell. And I said, well, you know, if you want to meet Stevie, I probably could, uh, you know, make that happen. And she was just over the new moon about it. So we ended up, you know, inviting her to shoot around. And uh, so there was just some neat stuff that came out of the shuttle uh, like that. And, and so, you know, coming into this, we had this three-game stretch of games, uh, home games in a row, uh, starting with DePaul. So uh, the marketing folks wanted to do it again. Uh, anytime you're coming off a loss, you know, you kind of want to, like, hide in a cave to, uh, you know, study and, and, re and reflect on what you can do better. But it's a great way to kind of get outside of yourself and gain some perspective that there's other things going on in the world or not even to mention on your own campus besides the fact that you just lost a game and you're trying to be better the next game. So it was great to do and uh, enjoyed meeting some more kids on campus. If you've missed it, it is available on the Marquette Basketball Twitter account, or X as it is now called, so I highly recommend going and checking that out. You mentioned the games ahead at home. Xavier is up next on Sunday. It is a gold out in support of the American Cancer Society and, of course, Dr. Lovell, President Lovell's continuing battle with cancer. And you also do this thing where you honor former teams, and this is a weekend where you will be honoring, I believe it's the 73-74 team, if I'm not mistaken why are you doing that they went to the final four uh one of the best teams of all time in marquette history and a team that deserves a ton of credit because from an ncaa tournament standpoint um you know th this is this is the team that kind of started it in terms of the deep deep runs obviously uh, Bo and his you know group his senior year won the whole thing in 1977 but if there was no 1974 there might not have been a 1977 and and even all the great moments in between um, so you know we're really excited because a lot of the folks from that team still live in this area and so we should have a, a, a good collection of uh, you know folks that were associated with that team uh, that we can honor at the game and I think it's a as I said, I think on the TV show, it's, a, it's not a win-win, it's a win-win-win. So it's obviously a really powerful and, and important and positive thing to honor this group of, of former players that did something so special for Marquette. It's a win for them. It's a win for our guys. 
you know, to see that, hey, um, as they say in, in, in another walk of life, it pays to win. You know, it pays to win. You know, when you win, you're recognized. When you win, you're remembered. When you win, you are honored 50 years later. And then the third win is for all the people that, that bleed uh, blue and gold and that, that care so much about this program. And we have so many season ticket holders and fans that either them themselves or their families have been, you know, closely ingrained in, in Marquette basketball and supporting Marquette basketball for 50 years or more. So, you know, they can look back and remember or they have a father or a grandfather or mother or grandmother that talk about those teams. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to have that team be honored, and uh, I know for our fans it will be a great moment. I'm sure another fantastic environment at Pfizer Forum for that game. If you want more information or details on the 1973-74 team will be honored on Sunday, you can go to gomarquette.com. There is an article there talking about who all will be in attendance. We have to take a break. Thank you, Coach. Always a pleasure hanging out with you. Good luck this week, and we will see you again next week. We'll be right back on Marquette Thursdays here at Motor Bar and Restaurant. You know how it feels to be recognized? Hey, Kathy. Hey. To feel like you belong? What if your health insurance made you feel that way? Hi, Kathy. How are you? Good, thanks. Hi, I'm Kathy Mahaffey, CEO of Common Ground Healthcare Cooperative. With health insurance for individuals, families, and small businesses that truly cares about the members it serves. Morning, Kathy. Morning. Maybe it's time to wake up to better health insurance. Here on Marquette Thursdays for Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley Davidson Museum. Remember, we are here for several more Thursdays. Our next show next week, February 29th, it will feature Caden Hamilton. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley Davidson Museum. I'm Jen Latta. Have a good one, everybody. has been Marquette Thursdays, live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network. From Learfield, brought to you by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Aurora Healthcare, helping you to live fully, Pepsi, and Wintrust, Wisconsin's Bank, the official bank of 